Philanthropy is all about giving to causes that matter to you the most, and by doing so, making a difference in the lives of others. But is this an activity that is reserved just for the super wealthy? Or is it possible for the average person to become a philanthropist? What cause tugs at your heart that you wish you could provide funding for? Is there a way, right now, to live your dream with purpose? These are the glaring questions this podcast will explore as we meet everyday people who are stepping up to begin living their philanthropic lifestyle. We'll hear about their cause, why it's important to them, as well as their vision for the future. So let's get inspired, motivated, and learn how we can step into the dream of living our best life with purpose. My name is Nancy Landa. Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. My guest on today's show is Ms. Joe Preston. Joe is a real estate broker in Saratoga, California, and has been in business for 38 years. She's also a feng shui practitioner and master dowser. So her professional life has primarily been about service and helping people get what they want. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, tell me about a time when you were a young child that made a huge impression on you. Well, I uh, I had a lovely childhood. I was raised in Wisconsin in the nice country and just beautiful. Um, kind of cold, but uh, it, it, it was really still lovely. I had a, a cousin that was my best friend, and we did a lot of things together. And um, one of the Christmas presents that I got one year was a tiny uh, cash register. And so we decided to, to make a store. And um, we, uh, of course, made cookies, but we also did penny candy and then sold them to the neighborhood kids. We also had a ton of comic books, and we would rent the comic books. And <laughs> and if they came back in horrible condition, well, then we would ask them to trade them for something that looked newer and put that back on our, our shelves, so to speak. So um, it was it was really kind of fun and gave me a sense of business even way back then. You were so an entrepreneur. It, <laughs> yeah, and it was really great. It was really great. And, of course, in the summertime, we would – we would make lemonade and stuff like that and sell that as well. Right, right. Yeah, so, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> Sounds like it was a great childhood. So who had the biggest influence on you as a child? Um, the biggest influence as a child, I, I guess my mom and dad. My sister had, was, uh, was 10 years older than I, so she left when I was eight years old, and I was kind of like an only child. Right. But um, my mom and dad um, made sure that I had chores to do and you know pitched in and, and it, it was it was still wonderful. It was wonderful. They were they were a big impression on me. So what um what if you had to narrow it down to like one takeaway, either philosophy or something that you have found yourself going back to your entire life? What was what would that be from your parents? Um. To remain positive and to to help others. There's always someone that needs more help than I did. Okay, yeah. So when you were a teenager in high school, what was your big dream for your life? To be an actress. Oh, okay. <laughs> were you in any school plays? Or? All, all the time. All, of them. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that why you moved to California? That is why I moved to California. Wow. 
that's a big leap from Wisconsin, I guess. It was a big leap. And, yeah. How old were and you? I, 18. Uh, right on, I had received a two-year scholarship to the Pasadena Playhouse in Pasadena. And I took the train. I packed it, My parents packed everything into this big trunk. And off I went. I had no idea where I was going and where, how I was going to get there other than the, the train. But I know uh, sometimes you just leave it up to God. And I guess I did. Right. Um, my mother, my mother always said, "God protects drunkards and fools," and so <laughs> I was a little bit of a fool. So, <laughs> but on the train, I was talking to some wonderful ladies, and they said, "Oh, you know, I I met a young girl that's going to the same place as you are." So she introduced me to her, and she was being picked up by her uncle, and so she just said, "He'll take you too. I know he will," and he did. And uh, he picked up my trunk, and the next day we were taken to uh, the dormitory, and she became my roommate and fast friends. We were oh. inseparable. It, it was, I mean, such an act of God. It was a miracle, really, truly. Wow. And it was the most um, exciting and wonderful part of my life. But um, there was indeed a casting couch, and that just did not suit my morals. So I, I didn't make it. I did a lot of things in the theater. But um, that was one thing I was not going to do to get ahead. So how did you get interested in selling real estate? Um, when I was a, a when, let's see, when was this? Back in the early 80s, the late 70s and early 80s, uh, the technology industry here was kind of in a bad, this is, this is uh, it's Silicon Valley. It was kind of in a bad way and I got laid off. And the, I was a marketing manager at the time. And uh, so everything that was available on the, the market, uh, I was way overqualified. I couldn't get a job. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> nice to be overqualified. But then again, you, you, can't, you can't get a job. So I decided to go into real estate. So I studied and studied and um, took my, I went straight for my broker's exam and, and got it the first time. Wow. Congratulations on that. Yeah. yeah. So you've been a feng shui practitioner for almost as long as it's real estate. Almost, almost yeah. yeah. Tell me about the time when you first knew you wanted to become a feng shui practitioner. Well, um, someone came and spoke at our, our breakfast meeting. We have a weekly breakfast meeting uh, for real estate. And um, you in- introduce all your new listings and sales and stuff like that. And there's always a speaker. And this one speaker talked about feng shui. And I thought, oh, that's why the Chinese people don't want this and don't want that. And they have to have a certain date and all that. Wow, that's really interesting. So I contacted her and found out how she got trained. And um, I found a school that was, that was uh, in that particular discipline and started to take the classes. And uh, that was, that was a, three-year class before I got certified. And then I took many others as well. And uh, the dowsing part was a different uh, different school. And I became right. a master dowser, which really helps my feng shui. It does. Now, the essence of feng shui, is it like balance? It's balance of energies, yes. Because yeah. there are seen, the, it's literally is wind and water. So it's invisible and the visible energies that surround us and uh, a lot of times you know people don't know about the invisible energies because you do you can't see them 
but it's the flow of, of energy in your home so it's not blocked. And it, um, it loves to meander and bring in good things. But if it's blocked, then, you know, disharmony and, and uh, stuff happens in your life. So how did that affect your real estate business? Uh, well, as a gift, I give it to my clients. I either, uh, if it's a seller, I clear the house before we put it on the market. So people walk in and say, ooh, this really feels good. And that's what you want to hear. Exactly. And if, a, <laughs> and if it's a buyer, I clear all the negative energies and balance it in so that um, they're on someone else's borrowed negative energy. It's just a nice gift. But I've also been hired by many real estate agents because of uh, they're not being able to sell a property. And frequently, and particularly in this area, the property is on an Indian burial ground. And that's the reason, you know, people walk in and they love the place. It's so gorgeous. It fits all their needs and something just doesn't feel right. So, mm -hmm. so that's what it was. And uh, then after I clear that and make peace with the Indian nation, uh, it sells right away. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is truly, truly amazing. And, and I love helping people like that. I yeah. do. Yeah. So what would you say has been your greatest <clears throat> struggle in life? My greatest struggle? Um, my great, <laughs> it's my own doing. My greatest struggle is that I think everything has to be hard. And I've worked hard to, do, to get rid of that thought and have re replaced it with, oh, yeah, that's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was my own fault. It's that kind of like, changing your perspective. It is changing my perspective and my whole belief and my intention. Yeah, there you go. So let's talk about your cause. I've been excited to talk to you about this because oh. man, debt free for better family life and philanthropy. Yes. So I've, I've read your cause, Joe, and I've got to tell everybody, this is a lady with a very big heart and a goal that goes so far beyond getting debt free. <laughs> yes. And I think a lot of people can relate to your cause, Joe. I mean, debt is like bondage. It is. It is. Yes. So why is this so very important to you right now? Um, shall I start from the beginning of the cause, what happened and all that? Or the debt-free part, the debt-free part. Okay. Let's start with that. Well, um, kind of all my life, I've tried to live within my means. And uh, yes, I've been very generous and sometimes that's hurt me and sometimes it's, it's brought me more. But mm -hmm. um, things happen in life. And uh, some, and a lot of it was uh, repairs on the home that were extremely expensive. And you just didn't think, oh my God, really? It's going to cost that much? And uh, medical bills for my husband. My husband had out of uh, uh, really needed some surgery, and medical bills got got really good. And then uh, he'd been unemployed for oh well, now it's about twelve years. He was in the industry, and things changed rapidly computer industry and he right. was doing acting for various companies and that was very very going very very well and and kept us in a very in in really good um, a good living standard and um when those dried up he couldn't get a job which and then i was the the breadwinner for the family yeah. And the stress of that was, was not easy either, but I, I, I made it work. I made it work. But um, 
because then we started living on credit cards, uh, which which is not good. And we had no other way out when the real estate business kind of went south for a couple of years when the, the market was bad. Yeah, that, that really hurt. So the credit cards took over and, and debt really uh, increased. We weren't able to help our kids who were out on their own, but we weren't able to help them. So um, that w- that's the first thing is to become debt free, including paying off the house and helping our kids pay off theirs. So they don't have to worry anymore. You know, I look at that like what they tell you when you get on an airplane, you know, the instructions, yeah. if, if you take have first. take care of yourself first and then put down your kids. So yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so when that is all taken care of and everybody is happy and free, so to speak, mm-hmm. and can do what they want and help other people as well. And, the, and both of them are so generous and giving. It is real. I, I'm so proud of them. I am. I'm so proud of them. So then it, it leaves me to, fuel my dream. And that is there is so much homelessness and I want to eliminate homelessness. I want to, uh, I know that this will be provided. I know God will help me with the ideas, how to, uh, to get rid of all the addictions, the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, uh, drug addictions and alcohol addictions. And a lot of these people become homeless with no fault, of, through no fault of their own the service people that have come back from the service and things are so different in the community that they weren't able to find a job. They found themselves homeless and they Mm -hmm. got a small stipend from the government each month, but it wasn't enough for rent. And uh, so many people are living in their cars. They do have a job. I don't know now, but with the COVID situation, but I know when um, I, when our gym was open, I would see many people, I, I go there early in the morning, I would see quite a few people come in with their, their bags and clothing, take a shower and off they go to work. They didn't really use the, the facility of the gym other than to clean up. And I knew they were living in their cars. So That's so actually it, pretty smart. It is pretty smart because it's yeah. a, small, a small fee to pay monthly. Far less than rent. So I, I just want to, I know the ideas will come. If the money is there, I can promote these things, build homes, yeah. make sure that they are clean from their addictions and, and, and create jobs so that they'll be able to get their, their, their sense of self-esteem back and, and become valued members of society once again, because they are. They, right. Some of them have glorious minds, and it's just a shame to see them go to waste. Yeah, absolutely. It's heartbreaking. It absolutely is heartbreaking. heartbreaking. My, I, I, I sit and look at some of this stuff, and when I pass by these tents and see these people struggling, I, I just break out in tears. And so that is my dream, is to, to fuel, be able to fuel this, come up with magnificent ideas that the entire country and maybe the world can use to yeah. eliminate homelessness. So that's my dream. Wow, and I know, I know that uh, it will be funded. I know it. Because I, I can't be that this passionate about something and not have it come in. Yeah. What is your goal for the first year of your cause? Um, to come up with ideas to eliminate the uh, addictions and to start building the, the small uh, little homes for them to have additional money to build them. There are ideas that, that um, in areas that they can do this in. And uh, that, that we can start there. 
Okay. And when you think about a few years from now, what is your vision for the future of your cause? Is to eliminate homelessness. There you go. You already answered that question, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. To to have these people get their self-esteem back and say, yeah, you know what? I I can do that. In fact, I can be a manager in that position. And I know that will happen. I know that will happen. Once you instill in them the power of that, they have it within them. Everything you do is within yourself. You just have to, you have to tap into it. Right. Now, there are many choices today for fundraising online. Why did you choose Up to Give to fund your cause? Well, because it is philanthropic. And that's it's something that's very important to me. Um, and, and I have the ability to help other people. That, yeah. that was what really, you know, it's, it stoked me. It just absolutely stoked me. And I, I don't even know these people and I want to help them. Yeah. And, and that is so magnificent. magnificent. It is such a beautiful idea. And, and this company is just going to soar. It is. It is yeah. just going to soar. I feel it too. I really do. Well, we, we've seen just the beginning of it. So, yeah. And yeah. that's pretty darn exciting. So do you believe everyone has at least one cause inside them? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And probably now with the COVID, there is something that's almost immediate is, is to help these people that have lost their businesses. And some of them are not going to be able to come back. Yeah. And uh, that's another thing that I think, oh, if I could only do that, if I could just, just be an angel and not even let them know who did it, just give them the money. Yeah. Oh, God, it just hurts me so bad. These people can't. I know. Well, Joe, I want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join me today on Cause Talk Radio. It has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Just uh, everybody remain positive and think about what cause you would have that you would like to promote. Because, you know, you just do it. Just yeah. do it. Just like yeah. Nike says. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, would you be willing to come back on the show in a few months and provide an update on how your cause is doing? Absolutely. Sure. Awesome. Well, folks, if Joe has inspired you today and you'd like to either contribute any amount to her cause or maybe you'd like to start your very own cause, listen carefully when the music starts so you'll know exactly what to do. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and were inspired by the content that was presented. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are available. For more information about anything on today's show, head on over to causetalkradio.com. Click on the podcast link where you'll find all the information covered on today's podcast, including links for easy navigation.